Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla. Pleased to be with you today on a beautiful fall and November day. And I say it's beautiful because when you look outside, most people would say it's not beautiful. Snow is in the air. It's kind of gloomy when you look up at the clouds and rolling in, and that means snow, snow, snow. And I love snow in northern Nevada. We're going to be enjoying that. Talking about buying real estate at this time of the year. Most people don't. The few people that do maybe pull off a good deal. We're also going to be joined by two guests in the studio today. First of all, joining us is Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva at Sage International. She's going to be talking with us about the challenges of running a business, running a business successfully during the holiday season. You've got so many things coming up, the year-end tax deadlines, all the filings that you have to do if you have licenses, and then, of course, Christmas shopping. Yeah, something you've got to think about. And we have another guest joining us in the studio today. A good friend of ours, Scott Kelly, is going to be with us. And Scott is going to help us learn more about his work as a public information officer at the Depart- Nevada Department of Corrections. We're going to find out what they're doing and what really is, is happening in the corrections world here in Nevada. We're going to listen from Scott. He's also a school board trustee for Washoe County District A. We're going to find out what's going on there. I know there's a new superintendent of schools search going on right now. Also, it's going to be snowing more and more. What, how are we going to handle snow days this year? I say we just put it in a hat and pick out some days and we call those snow days. Now, Scott's not going to go for that. We're going to talk to him and find out more, too, about the real estate market in northern Nevada after this. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. SunTech Storm Panels are the clear, tough, versatile way to lock out cold winter drafts on your windows and doors. If you want to immediately reduce your energy bill, call SunTech 352-9396 for a free estimate. SunTech Storm Panels are a great alternative. In fact, 60% less cost than those high-priced dual or triple-paned windows. Want to keep the cold out, the heat in, and save money? Call SunTech 352-9396 for fast, friendly installation. Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. You picked a good day to tune into our show today. I'm very happy with my SunTech Winter Storm Panels. I put them up just a few weeks ago. And let me tell you, I can already tell the difference in my home. My home is warmer and there's less draft coming in by the windows. It's a great thing to have during this cold, cold winter season we're about to experience. Call the good folks at SunTech Winter Storm Panels, 352-9396. All of their contact information is on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. With me in the studio, Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva. Welcome to our show, Sherry. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. We're going to be talking about things happening in the business world at this time of the holiday season. I'm not an expert like you are, but I, I have to let our listeners know, I know that things are jamming there in this time of the year because Sherry Hill... You were at the office this past weekend. That's something almost unheard of. It is unheard of, but I had to catch up. So, yeah, it's interesting time when people think about starting businesses. They don't tend to think of the end of the year, but that really is when people start to think about it because they want to be set up for January, the mm-hmm. new year, or they've put a whole bunch of things off through the year, and now it's the end of the year, and we want to get everything cleaned off our plate so we can enjoy the holidays, and so that's when they show up as well. So it's fun. I get to talk to people every day all over the country and just happy to be helpful in that uh, getting their to-do list checked off. When I was walking, <laughs> I was walking by your office not long ago and I heard a lot of happiness going on in there. So I know you're dealing with a lot of people in the positive world of positive business. 
I think business, good business in your life, if you're a business person, if you're a business owner, if your business is going well, you probably feel better. Maybe a little less stress, could you say? Yes. Could you say that maybe there, there's less agony at night, you know, and maybe you're remembering to eat more healthy or exercise more. All the things you can do when you're not stressed out about your business. But you're right, Sherry Hill. Many people start their businesses near the end of the year, and that means the second year and the third year and beyond. This is when you've got to get your paperwork in order and be talking, looking forward to the next cycle. I want to talk with you about that and more later on the show. Thank you. Also joining us, Scott Kelly. Scott is here representing us on behalf of two organizations. So this is like two great interviews in one, Scott, and I appreciate you talking with us about both things. Welcome to our show. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So the two things are school board trustee for District A in Washoe County and also public information officer at Nevada Department of Corrections. And, and Scott, I'm, I'm very interested in what's happening in the Department of Corrections because I have a good friend who retired recently uh, who was working with the Department of Corrections. Her name is Dr. Karen Goodney. Not sure if you know her. I read her book recently. And well, it was about a year ago, and I, I just focus more and think more about what's going on because there's an efficiency factor, and then there's the humanity factor of the corrections world. And how long have you been the public information officer? I've been the PIO there for about six months. Very nice. So you and I uh, have known each other probably for half a dozen years or mm -hmm. so. And I'm just so glad that I know the person that is there because uh, I just know that a lot of my questions um, can be answered or might be answered down the future. I know you have a lot of work to do. Sherry was very involved with helping Dr. G in the uh, publication of her book, 30 Years Behind Bars. And uh, I mentioned to Dr. G when I first met her, I had a, uh, a, a sibling who spent some time in a correctional facility. Mm -hmm. And I know what kind of pressures it can put on the family and how that individual can change. So it's all uh, of interest to me. Before we get into the world, though, of the Nevada Department of Corrections, uh, talk to us a little bit about what's happening at the school board, Washoe County School Board District A. Well, certainly, you know, Washoe County School District, there's, uh, there's always things that are happening, uh, for the most part, good things. You know, our teachers are continuing to do fantastic work with our students. Our, our counselors and psychologists are there to help students uh, get through all the, the stresses that they might have and so they can focus on academics. Um, but I think two big issues that are probably happening right now that uh, maybe your listeners would want to know more about. First one is our superintendent search. Yes. Uh, as people know, in the summertime, uh, we ended the contract with uh, su former superintendent Tracy Davis. And now we're in the search process where we, we've launched uh, a national search. We want to make sure that whomever we choose to be our next superintendent has been uh, vetted and has been picked from the very best pool of candidates that are out there, and that's what a national search can bring us. So we're, we picked a, a national search firm to help out, uh, JD Consulting, um, mm -hmm. an excellent group to work with, and, uh, and they're helping us to get the word out, first off nationally, that mm -hmm. we, we have an open superintendent position that we would like to have filled next year, before a couple months before the start of the 2020 school year. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've also had some interest from locals that have uh, said that they would like to apply for the position as well. So we're really excited about that, that we have a good mixture of national folks that are interested, local folks that are interested, um, because superintendent is the CEO of the Washoe County School District, a very important position. We want to make sure that we have somebody that is dynamic, honest, open, a great communicator, understands what our teachers and bus drivers and all the rest of our staff are doing. Uh, and I think a national search is one of the best ways to get that person in place. I have a question about that national search. So with the prior superintendent of schools, was a national search done in that case? In that case, there wasn't. Um, and what happened was uh, Pedro Martinez was uh, fired, rehired, and then ultimately left the school district. Yeah. And uh, the interim superintendent at that time became Tracy Davis. I see. Okay. So she was the interim for six to seven months. And then the school board uh, basically promoted her. And this is before my time mm -hmm. on the school board. Mm -hmm. School board promoted her to superintendent without doing an, uh, a search. I see. And uh, there was some controversy in the community about that because people wanted to know, was she the best person for the job or should, should the school board have looked at others uh, for that position? And so now fast forward a couple years. Uh, now that we're in a similar position, we want to do the right thing for the community, and that's a national search. I'm talking with Scott Kelly. Scott is talking about his work as school board trustee for District A in Washoe County. Also joining us in the studio, Sherry Hill from Sage International. Well, I just wanted to say 
that, you know, I am on a board for the uh, Washoe County Volunteer Services Advisory Board. So I work a lot with and I get a lot of communication from the interim superintendent right now. So just as someone in the public, I do want to say that I'm very thrilled to see how effective she is at communication. She's out there really talking to a lot of people on the street and listening. And so I think that, you know, I agree. I think a national search, just to do a comparison and, and let the, the best person win. So what do you see for beyond that? What else uh, really is happening in the school district? You have a lot of, you know, disgruntled. There was a big thing in the newspaper the other day about the special needs side of it. So is there any uh, good stuff happening there? Oh, yeah. You know, special education, you, you mentioned that. And that's one of the most important things that our school district does is to provide a good education for those students that are struggling the most. And it could be uh, struggles at home, it could be mental, physical, emotional struggles, and to have the right support systems in place is really important for them. Now, our school district has struggled over the years uh, with delivering a good special education model for our students. Uh, we've initiated several times uh, st uh, really big studies to see what we were doing right and what we were doing wrong. And then we would get recommendations from those studies. But in the past, especially in the past few years, a lot of those recommendations hadn't been followed. So we've really made a new commitment with our, super, our interim superintendent, Dr. Kristen McNeil, to look at our, our, our special education department and to see what do they need, what do the teachers and the support staff need in order to deliver the best education for those vulnerable students. Um, and so we have, uh, we're working with a group called WestEd and uh, they're, they're looking at all of our practices and they're re making recommendations for us. But this time we're also putting in some support and resources so that those recommendations can be followed up. We have a two-tier, we have immediate things that can be done and then we have long-term goals that we'd like to see followed um, because our students deserve it and our teachers deserve the best uh, support that they can get. I would agree. Scott, I uh, see there's new construction being talked about all the time in northern Nevada. The housing market is going crazy. Builders are coming in from all over where people are moving in Fernley. New schools are being built. That's right. Less um, golf is being played. That's now, true. Well, how do those things go together? Well, um, it's very good that you asked that because uh, Wild Creek Golf Course, um, you know, first off, northern Nevada, we have a lot of beautiful golf courses. Wild Creek Golf Course in uh, North Central Reno and Sparks was one of those courses that had seen a lot less play over the years. Uh, so the, the owners of that, Washoe County and, and City of Sparks, wanted to get rid of the golf course. And at that very same moment, as a school district, we saw the need to build a new high school. And the land, most of the land that was available for a high school, not part of the community, uh, was just way out in the rurals, uh, far away from the, the roads and a lot of infrastructure that would have had to be been built in order to tie it into the community. So this Wild Creek, this piece of land at the Wild Creek Golf Course came up, um, and through a lot of public process, we we were able to uh, obtain it. And now the good news is, part of the golf course is going to stay in place. the The front nine and the clubhouse will will remain, so people can still golf. But the rest of that golf course is now being turned over to a high school, uh, the first high school that we've built in almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're very excited about that because mm -hmm. uh, for two reasons. One. The, the new high school, which is going to be called the new Proctor Hug High School, mm -hmm. um, it's going to serve a part of our community that sometimes get, feels left behind. Um, you know, this is North Central Reno, parts of Sparks, and I think that we really show the students in those communities that we value their students, we want them to have a good education, and now they're going to be uh, custodians of a brand new high school. Mm -hmm. um, that school is also going to be built in a way that it relieves overcrowding at Spanish Springs High School and at North Valley's High School through through rezoning. And then the last part of that piece is when that high school gets opened up and all the students move to it, then we're going to take our existing Hug High School, uh, which is on North McCarran, and we're going to turn that into a career and technical academy so that students from all over the district can come there. They can learn uh, metal shop, woodworking, working with tools, working with machinery, uh, really help out with the skills and trades. Scott Kelly is our guest. Joining us, too, is Sherry Hill from Sage International. Scott, I have more questions for you about the new Hug High School, the old Hug High School, and what's going on in the world of the Nevada Department of Corrections. We have to take a break. Please hang on. We'll be back after this. 
Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team right here on 1180 AM Radio. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m. on 1180 AM Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning into our show today. When I'm not doing radio, I like to read. One of the things I enjoy reading is Healthy Beginnings Magazine. You know, I've reached a point in my life where I know I have to take better care of myself. I have to eat better. And we all need a little bit of motivation. I'm not interested in listening to what my family and friends have to say, quite frankly. I like to find things out on my own. Healthy Beginnings Magazine has opened my eyes to a whole new world of better living. You'll find a lot more celery at my house than I ever had before. And now watercress is being introduced. Why? Because I feel so good when I eat the right things that I hear about in Healthy Beginnings Magazine. Check it out at the newsstands or visit the website hbmag.com and tell them Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, Sherry Hill. Sherry is the CEO of Sage International and also joining us is Scott Kelly. Scott is here representing two organizations, the school board trustee is what he is for Washington County District A, and he's also the public information officer at the Nevada Department of Corrections. Scott, before we went to break, we were talking about the new Hug High School, mm-hmm. and I was hoping that you were going to say that the old Hug High School was going to be a new golf course. You see, I thought that would have been a nice trade because, I mean, we all need special attention, and golfers need education as much as anything, and a new golf course would certainly give me that because I have a lot of balls invested in the old course. And now that there's a new high school going there, I'm just going to ask right now, during the construction process, is there a chance I could get my balls back? Well, I've heard that there's quite a few balls of yours that are at the (laughs) golf course. So being on the school board as a trustee, obviously reaching children at a younger age so they don't end up in the Department of Corrections, right? That's right. And so a lot of emphasis and focus. And so I think, you know, it's an interesting combination. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that's one of the things I like to do when I visit our schools is to talk to students about why it's important to get a high school diploma and then maybe go on for higher education because studies have shown that a high percentage of our inmates never got a high school diploma and in an even higher percentage somewhere like 70 to 80 percent never got schooling beyond high school um, and then talking to inmates whenever I talk to the inmates and I ask them what do you wish you had done differently in your life and one of the biggest things that they always say is I wish I had stayed with my education uh, so it's kind of neat that I can wear these two hats and I can share information when I'm talking to different audiences. Hopefully it makes a difference, especially with our younger students. Well, absolutely. And I'm part of the workforce development system as uh, the chair of Nevada Works, which does a lot of funding and workforce development. And, you know, we've reached a point in our community, certainly in our region, where, you know, it's, we're really down to that lower two or three percent of who can we hire, who's left, Right. And, of course, young kids coming out of high school have great opportunities now, whether in the trades or on to continuing their uh, higher education. Yet one of those populations that seems almost to be forgotten are these young uh, or even middle-aged men and women reentry coming back in. So how hard is the Department of Corrections really working on to ensure that there is a smoother transition? Well, that's a great question, and we certainly work very hard at it. I mean, Department of Corrections has two main missions. One of them is the uh, incarceration of inmates in a, in a safe and humane way, uh, making sure that they're taken care of while they're in our custody. But the other mission that we have is the rehabilitation of our inmates. Uh, currently in Nevada, we have over 13,000 inmates, uh, 90% men, 10% women. And of that 13,000, about 70% of them will be released back into the community at some point in the future. Uh, and so it's really important for us as a department to make sure that those inmates 
um, have the education, the, the skills, the tools, the experience, the counseling, and the medical uh, stuff that they need so that when they go back out into the community, they have a chance at rebuilding their lives and not coming back into prison from reoffending. And we've seen that one of the best ways that we can help them to get back out to the community is to help them get a job help them with a career. So one of the things that we like to really do at our Department of Corrections is to have um, what's called Silver State Industries. And it's a collection of different types of employment opportunities that are inside the prisons all throughout mm -hmm. our state where inmates that have shown good behavior. Uh, so it's a privilege to work for Silver State Industries, but those inmates go there and there's literally dozens of types of jobs that they can do um, and they can earn a, a small wage for it as well. And then the hope is that as they then transition out back into the community, they have these skills, and in many cases, they're able to get employment right away. Like you said, and locally, there's 2 or 3% unemployment. Employers are looking for highly skilled people, and more and more, those highly skilled people are our inmates as they get out. Absolutely. Scott, I'm talking about nutrition, education, keeping kids away from bad influences. I mean, the kids that got in trouble that I remember from high school, in the younger air years in my life. It was all because we needed distractions or those kids needed distractions. And you know, I grew up on the plains of Colorado, so there's not much to do out there other than do good things or get in trouble. And a lot of kids just chose to get in trouble because they didn't have any positive distractions. Um, one of the things that our school offered there, which I thought was great, is they offered employment to some of the students. So I happened to be one of those students that was in the lower income tier and I was eligible to apply for a job. And I was a janitor after school sometimes at my high school and I got a chance to earn a little bit of money and I learned the value of work and et cetera, et cetera. Is there anything like that going on in Washoe County? Yeah, I mean, certainly with our uh, students, especially our juniors and seniors in high school, um, oftentimes they've already gotten most of the credits that they need mm -hmm. um, as they approach their graduation. So now they, they only have to go to school maybe half the day. Uh, and so as a school district, we try to make it very easy for them to get part-time work or even in some cases, full-time work. Uh, so for instance, on part-time, you go to any local grocery store. And oftentimes, a lot of the, the checkout people, the baggers, will be high school students. Mm -hmm. uh, you go to the movie theaters, and some of the ushers are high school students. Mm -hmm. um, and we think that's important that if we can show them while they're in school, if they can take classes, if they can uh, tour local companies, mm -hmm. get a feel for what's out there in the marketplace, uh, then they might be more willing to start working early while they're in school. Mm -hmm. And then when they get out of school, if they go into a trades, so they might have a better idea of what they want to do. Or if they go to college, they can continue to work as they're going to college. I, and I appreciate what you're saying, but what I was specifically wondering is if the school employs any of its own students. For instance, I, some of my friends worked in the kitchen. And some of my friends, they worked with the uh, other janitors that were cleaning outdoors, uh, shoveling snow in the winter and things of that type. Um, and there was just, a, it was like the school, it seemed that everything they could help the kids that needed some extra income and somehow to manage their uh, student activity by employing them. And I'm just curious about that. Does, is it, does the Washington County School District employ any of its own students? Yes, we do. We have, uh, it's called the Academy of Arts and Career Technical Academy. Uh, it's pretty close to here. It's right on the other side of the airport, on the east side of the airport. Mm -hmm. And it's a school where we have um, different employment opportunities for students. So, for instance, there's a kitchen. And the students go in there and they make, um, they make cakes and brownies and all sorts of foods uh, for their school, but also for different events uh, throughout the school district. Mm -hmm. um, and they can get paid as well. And we also have a partnership with uh, a credit union. They have a, a credit union at the school, and they will sometimes employ uh, students to help with uh, minor banking and transactions and things. So, yeah. um, But we're certainly looking at expanding that. We'd love to see more opportunities for students to work within the school district. But if there aren't opportunities, we try to make it easier for them to get opportunities to work outside of the school district. Very nice, because that's really what it takes in America, I think, to be happy. At least that's the way I was brought up. If you want to be happy, you should have a job. You should have something that you do, something that you produce, something that you give to the world. In one way, shape, or form, you spend your time giving to others, be it your boss, your spouse, your employees, your customers, whatever. Um, but we need to encourage people, I think, just to produce things and to make things happen. That's the world that Sherry Hill lives in. Sherry Hill, you're in the production world, aren't you? I am, producing new business owners. So <laughs> end of year coming up, we talked about that a little bit at the last mm -hmm. break. Now that end of year is coming up, um, what are people doing more now, trying to keep their business 
uh, rolling around the corner to the new year with all the right uh, layout, format, process, or are they looking to start their business before the end of the year so that they can take advantage yeah, of that I'm, early I'm start? A, it's kind of an interesting trend right now. So you have a lot of baby boomers who basically are done with whatever existing career. And I saw this a lot during the Great Recession as well, where now all of a sudden they're becoming independent contractors, consultants, coaches, things like that, mm -hmm. so that they can offer their services to the existing company they're retiring from, mm -hmm. but also to others because they have this great institutional knowledge. So I seem to be forming a lot of uh, solopreneur type businesses around the country. Mm -hmm. And of course, real estate investing is hot and heavy again. Yes. And so doing a lot of work in the literally the Midwest, basically, is where I'm seeing a lot of investors coming out of California, even Nevada, going where there's great opportunity, great value. And but in that, what's kind of unique is a lot of partnerships. So it's not just me being the investor. I'm partnering up with my best friend or my high school buddy or whoever mm -hmm. and pooling the funds, and then they can go out and really uh, do some magic out there. That's really amazing. Is it, uh, it seems to still involve mostly the tech world that is driving this interest in the entrepreneur world, Sherry, or is it come down to just old-fashioned good salesmanship? It's, it's all the above. I mean, you know, I hear... Actually, most of it has been real estate investing, and but yet it's not just I'm going to go be an investor. I'm also going to be a property manager or I'm going to uh, anything kind of related in that industry. I think the tech industry, you know, that really is for W-2 wage earners. I yeah. mean, we're trying to pump out a whole bunch of employees in the tech world. It's very few that are the inventor, the maker, and creating that new technology because it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of people. In the 1800s, people were making money or thinking they were going to make big money mining gold, panning for gold, digging for gold. Who were the people that really made the big money besides those few that got the gold. The guy that sold the gold pans. That's the person. <laughs> the equipment. Yes. So there's a lot of money to be made Levi's. in the world of support. Right. We'll continue with Sherry Hill and Scott <laughs> Kelly on Nevada Real Estate Radio after this. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Bear, party animal, line one. My owner's mad because he spilled guacamole. He's going to be madder when he finds out it was me. CJ's recommended carpet care. He does a great job. He's on time. He's quick and he stands behind his work. Call 829-1551. I do wah wah. This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. SunTech Storm Panels are the clear, tough, versatile way to lock out cold winter drafts on your windows and doors. If you want to immediately reduce your energy bill, call SunTech 352-9396 for a free estimate. SunTech Storm Panels are a great alternative. In fact, 60% less cost than those high-priced dual or triple-paned windows. Want to keep the cold out, the heat in, and save money? Call SunTech 352-9396 for fast, friendly installation. the most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Good day to tune into our show today. We have experts in the studio and we're talking about great things happening all across Northern Nevada. One of the things I want to make sure I remind you of is the upcoming Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. Oh, you might think a beekeepers conference isn't too much of a big deal, but it is, it's a bee deal. Very big deal. And you've got to be there because I'm going to be there. Sherry Hill is going to be there. And it's all happening in the beautiful Yarrington, Nevada. Lyon County, that's the hub of the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. It happens Feb 21 and 22 of this coming year, 2020. And it's the 10th annual Beekeepers Conference. So we're going to have a lot of extra fun. You know, there's going to be honey tasting, hive decorating contests. What other things can you make with honey, propolis, wax, bee wings? I mean, all sorts of things. Sherry Hill is going to be there. I'm going to be there. And we're hoping you come to visit us too. A lot of fun. The Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. Check it out on the website, nevadastatebeekeepers.org. 
with me in the studio, Scott Kelly. Scott is the Washoe County School District Board of Trustee for District A, and he's also the PIO, the Public Information Officer at the Nevada Department of Corrections. Glad you're with us today, Scott. Thank you. Sherry Hill is with us too. Sherry's the CEO of Sage International, the wealth protection diva, and uh, you're here because you are a fantastic well, person. Well, and because I like Scott. And you like Scott Kelly. I like Scott, and, and I love the fact that he is his two professions. So school district, yeah. which is, you know, trying to prevent students from yeah. getting into the Department of Corrections. Yeah. So I think he has an awesome perspective. And he does. One of the things I, I wanted to ask. Uh, before, before we get to that point, I just want to make it known that, Scott, when I moved to Arizona, I lived in Yuma, Arizona. And in Yuma, Arizona, it was a, a totally different area than where I came from in Colorado. So I picked up the newspaper on the second day that I moved family there, and the headline said, criminals from El Centro destroy locals in Yuma. It was the most horrible headline. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason it was the headline is because the high school mascot, they're known as the Yuma criminals because of the old Yuma prison. And Sherry Hill, I'm sorry, you may take it away from there. <laughs> So speaking of... Yuma criminals. How about <laughs> Reno criminals? Yeah, one of the things that, you know, I've, I've worked uh, with a young man who was a former inmate and, you know, has vowed never to go back and do a lot of work with him and entrepreneurship and, and things. And one of the things that he says was, was so critical for him while he was incarcerated was mentoring and having folks on the inside who actually were coming from the outside to come in and really help him understand you can make better choices and you know get your high school diploma and all those things. So is that a program or is there you know a program that's going on in the prisons related to mentoring? Absolutely. We we have multiple programs that are going on where we have um, outsiders coming in and those outsiders could be from other government agencies, they could be from nonprofits, religious groups, or just volunteers that want to help inmates. And they come into our different prisons and they work with inmates. They, they work with them on social skills, they, they counsel them, they encourage them to do different things. So here's a great example. Um, at Warm Springs Correctional Center in Carson City, we have our own uh, veterans barracks. So it's, a, it's a, all the inmates um, at that medium security prison that are veterans that have honorable discharge are all in the same wing. And because they're all in one wing, it's easier for us to then bring in people to work with those veterans. So we'll have, for instance, veteran services officers that come in and work with them to see, are they eligible for any kind of benefits uh, based on their service. And in some cases, some of them are eligible for disability benefits, which is good because when they come out of prison, they will then have uh, a source of income that won't be tied into a past criminal behavior. Um, we have people from the Nevada National Guard that come into the, that prison to visit them and to talk to them about what they're doing in the National Guard and to encourage them to use their what they learned when they were in the military to help them get through the prison environment uh, in a positive way so that when they get out, they can then get reintegrated into our society. So yeah, we're always looking at ways to get people um, from the outside to come in, to encourage our inmates, to, to focus on things that can be helpful for them. Maybe it's counseling, maybe it's going to work for prison industries because we really wanna keep our inmates focused and busy so that there's less time for them to get in trouble while they're in prison and better prepared when they get out of prison. Absolutely, makes sense to me. Scott Kelly, when we talk about the Nevada Department of Corrections and the, the business of the prison system, I know that a lot of prisons have gone private some of them are government controlled. Explain to us how things work in Nevada. Well, in Nevada, we, we're almost all, all of our inmates are almost all in the state prison. Uh, private prison, um, it's, it, there's very few of them left in Nevada. In fact, I think, I think that there's legislation just passed to outlaw private prisons. Um, and the same things happen in California and in other states. Um, because when you have a prison system that is for profit, uh, not always, but sometimes they will start cutting corners on food and medical services and other things in order to make more of a profit. So in Nevada, um, the vast majority of our inmates are in, in the state of Nevada prison system, Nevada Department of Corrections, um, and then there's also inmates that are at the different city and county jails. Um, but I think that's a much better system because there's more account accountability, 
you know, we have the legislature that uh, funds us. We have um, different committees that oversee what we do. In Nevada, we have a department, um, that, uh, Department of Commissioners, which includes the governor, the Secretary of State, the Attorney General's office, that every month or two, they will bring all of our leadership in and they'll ask us questions. We'll give reports on what we're doing. And it's a really good way to make sure that we're doing the right thing for our inmates and for our staff. You know, Nevada Department of Corrections has over 2,500 staff um, correctional officers, counselors, medical people, and others that support. And we want to make sure that we have the best environment for our workers so that they can do the best for our, our inmates while they're in our custody. I'm uh, relieved to know that there's a limited number, if, if soon to be zero even better, of for-profit or uh, commercial uh, incarceration systems because then there's no incentive to have more inmates. Right. I would hope that one of the things that the Department of Corrections would be thinking about for the future, Scott, is for the time when we wouldn't need one or it would need to be scaled down so small because instead of incarcerating so many people um, because that we need to, that we just wouldn't have to. We would find ways to avoid that. When it comes to um, incarcerating uh, young people, uh, is there a juvenile, do you oversee are you the public information for the top to bottom from maximum security to the juvenile as well? Yes, uh, I'm public public information officer for the whole department, which is statewide. Um, and so the way it works is, yes, we do have a juvenile wing at Lovelock Correctional Center. Mm -hmm. um, not as many as you would think. We just have 14 or 15 uh, juveniles that are in uh, for pretty bad crimes, but they, they have their own separate area so that they don't intermix with adults and with the general population. Um, and then at our prisons, you know, we have different levels of custody. So we have uh, the minimum security, which is primarily our correctional camps. We have uh, nine correctional camps all throughout the state. And those are the inmates where during the day they will go out and they will shovel snow. They'll pick up trash along the highways. Uh, during fire season, they will go out and support fire crews. That's minimum security. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have uh, medium security prisons uh, throughout the state. We have two in Carson City. We have one in Lovelock and a bunch down south in southern Nevada. And for medium security, those are the inmates where they can work in prison industries. They have to remain in the prison within the prisons, but it's easy for us to then bring people to them to work with them on counseling and things. And then we have one maximum security prison that's out in Ely. Mm -hmm. um, so when I say maximum, those are the inmates that for, for a variety of different reasons need much more supervision. Um, they're, sometimes they're violent offenders, sometimes they're gang members, um, and so they're a little bit more restricted in what they can and can't do. Mm -hmm. um, but it all depends on how the inmate, had, what their crime was, and how they've acted since they've been in our prison system. Uh, a lot of people have complained about the national prison system in the sense that they feel that there are still many prisoners in U.S. correctional facilities that are in simply for simple drug possession violations. Is that really the case? Uh, is, is that an issue that, uh, that you have been, you know, been faced with? It's an issue nationwide. <laughs> and certainly the, the history of it was that uh, crime had gotten so bad in the late 70s and early 1980s that um, a number of uh, get tough on crime, mm -hmm. war on drugs, uh, three strikes and you're out, all those kind of laws really took effect in the 1980s and into the early 1990s. Right. And a lot of those laws, uh, what they did was they did get nonviolent offenders, so people that maybe were, were selling or dealing drugs, maybe they were breaking into cars, um, but if they were caught a couple times, they were being sent to prison, sometimes for life. Oh. And it really led mm -hmm. to an explosion in the prison population, mm -hmm. and it's something that Nevada and other states are still dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, but that's where we really think that rehabilitation can help. Because if you have nonviolent offenders that have been in prison for a long time, um, they are more susceptible to positive influences, education, counseling, and, and job skills, so that when they do get out in the future, they're much more likely to be successful in the community and less likely to reoffend. I'm talking. I'm talking with Scott Kelly. Scott is the public information officer at the Nevada Department of Corrections. Also with us in the studio, Sherry Hill from Sage International. Well, I was going to say when I was, I think it was early high school, maybe ninth grade, we all had to watch the movie Scared Straight. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering if that is still around or anything like that happens in the school district because it was kind of, it was rather eye-opening. And I grew up close to uh, San Quentin. And so uh, it was kind of interesting because you'd see the prison all the time and then you're hearing from these inmates on the inside and different uh, 
process or philosophy back then. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really do wish that we could do uh, tours for our, our high school students, especially to visit a prison, to see what could happen if they did the wrong thing, but also to hear from inmates about what they could do to prevent from going into prison. But there's so many legal liabilities that we can't allow that to happen. But videos and things like that, I think would be fantastic. To do. Yeah, yeah. We're talking on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Scott Kelly is our guest, public information officer at Nevada Department of Corrections, also school board trustee, District A in Washoe County, and Sherry Hill, Wealth Protection Diva at Sage International, and host of the Sherry Hill Radio Show, which airs on Mondays and Sundays right here at 1180 AM Radio. We're going to talk about being grateful for all the great things, wonderful things we have in our lives, and more with our guests after this. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Bear, Country Dog, Line 2. Hey, Bear. Dirt, too. It's all over the carpet. What do I do? The best carpet cleaning company in town. Residential, commercial, tile, grout, carpet, upholstery cleaning. Call 829-1551. I'm calling CJ's now. This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. You're listening to Pet Talk Radio. Peanut the Piddler, line one. Oh, I get so excited every time that darn doorbell rings. I piddle on the carpet. CJ's recommended carpet care. He does a great job. He's on time. He's quick. And he stands behind his work. Call 829-1551. I love Pet Talk Radio. This is Bear with CJ's recommended carpet care. Hello, I'm Brian Cushing, Senior Loan Officer at Guild Mortgage. Join me and the rest of the Nevada Real Estate Radio team right here on 1180 AM Radio. I love talking about my specialty, the mortgage world, and how we help families in Northern Nevada accomplish their dreams of home ownership. Make sure you totally understand before you sign on the dotted line. Tune in to Nevada Real Estate Radio, Thursday, 3 p.m. on 1180 AM Radio. Nevada Real Estate Radio. Guild Mortgage Company is an equal housing lender. Company NMLS number 3274. NV Banker number 1076. NV Broker number 1141. Brian Cushing NMLS number 303045. Telephone number 775-453-0345. Located in 6990 South McCarran Boulevard, Suite 200. Reno, Nevada 89509. All loans subject to underwriter approval. Terms and conditions may apply. Subject to change without notice. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. If you need to get a loan to purchase a home, I recommend Brian Cushing from the Guild Mortgage Team. Brian is an experienced mortgage lender, and if anybody can help you get the best deal on a mortgage loan, it's this man, Brian Cushing from the Cushing Team. Give him a call, 775-453-0345. His license number is 303045. You can get all of his contact information on his website, homeloansreno.com. Tell him Peter sent you with me in the studio. I have two outstanding guests, Sherry Hill from Sage International and also Scott Kelly. And we're talking with Scott about his work as the public information officer at the Nevada Department of Corrections. Sherry Hill, we have, we're having a great conversation before we had to go to break. Please share some more of your thoughts. Well, I just was curious, Scott, because, you know, you're the public information officer, which is outward facing, but... I imagine that you do have to interact with the inmates so you hear, you know, what are what is positive, what is negative, where can you guys make, you know, the whole goal is rehabilitation because a lot of these folks are coming out. And we as the public want to make sure that, you know, we're reintegrating uh, good citizens, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you asked about my work with inmates and um, I do do some work with inmates. I think the two biggest things that I'll do is whenever we as a department have a program that we want to show the community this is what we're doing, um, or if there's um, outside groups like you know, legislators or the media that wants to know more about a program or a facility, um, it's my job then to work with that facility or with that program and see what inmates are part of that that we can that are articulate and can talk about what they do. Um, but we don't just allow any inmate to gen, you know, talk Ooh. about whatever. We have to make sure it's very uh, thoroughly vetted and structured. So we'll make sure that we have inmates that don't have victims on file. We'll make sure that we have uh, inmates that did not commit crimes against the youth. 
because we want to avoid having inmates in the news that have victims out there and they see that inmate talking about different things. Um, so that's one of the biggest things I'll do is to find the right inmates that can talk about something and then go from there. Um, but, you know, I tend to do a lot more work, though, with the staff. Um, you know, as a public information officer, it's my job to make sure that our staff has the support that they need to do their work. Um, and I'm so proud of our staff. You know, we, our correctional officers, you know, they work day and night, evenings, weekends, holidays. They're always there to make sure that inmates um, are doing the right thing and that the safety and security is in place so that our volunteers and our staff can come in and can do their rehabilitation stuff. Um, and that's really the highlight for me of my job is to work with our staff and to see the great work that they do and to find ways from the PIO perspective to support them so they, they can get their jobs done. Right. So as, uh, you know, in the community, both on the school board and as PIO for Department of Corrections, I mean, to share with the listeners today, reaching the young people, I mean, what, what would you want to say to parents or anyone in the community? How do we stop this influx into the prisons? What, what do you hear from the inmates that said, hey, if I had, and then from the young people that you're dealing with through the, the school district? Well, you know, from talking to inmates, the, thing, the three things that they all wish that they had done differently or had had different um, was family and their friends and their education. So oftentimes on their family, they wish that their family had um, understood some of the challenges that they were going through um, sometimes families were, the parents were working multiple jobs and they just couldn't spend time with their kids. Other times the family members were fighting amongst each other and it was drawing in the kids to see negative behavior. So a lot of inmates wished that, they, that their families had been there a little bit more for them, especially during those vulnerable years when they were in high school and then going into their 20s. The second component is their friends. Um, oftentimes inmates wished that they had not fallen into the wrong crowd. Um, and so they, they wished that they had... Uh, sought out people that had better interests, that were more positive, that were go-getters, uh, because they felt that that would have prevented them from going into the life of crime. And that third leg of the stool is, is education. Many, many inmates um, either did not finish high school or never got any education beyond high school. And when you, when you have less education, there's less career opportunities that are open to you. And before you know it, you start finding yourself getting into crime to, to make ends meet, to get extra money. So many inmates wish that they had focused on school more in high school. Um, and they wish that they had either gone into a career and stayed with it or moved on to higher education. But I'm concerned about the older people, the older inmates, the geriatrics. So a lot of our work that we talk about is, is well, the fact that I'm going to be a senior citizen in about five years, Scott, and so I'm already looking at what it's going to look, look, look like when I get there. Uh, a lot of my friends, a lot of people my age, even younger, they're already senior citizens. In fact, they need a lot of help, some of these folks. They just We all deteriorate at a different, different rate. The fact is you have geriatric issues in the correctional system. Tell us how you address that or how you think about those. It's yeah, those are, those are great questions because, you know, the criminal life is hard on the mind and body. Prison life is hard on the mind and body. And you're right, we do have quite a few uh, of our inmates that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. In fact, we have some inmates that have never, they, they've been incarcerated the whole time that the internet and the World Wide Web has been around. They've never seen a cell phone or an iPhone. They don't know how those kind of things work. So we make sure that as we have inmates that have been in for a long time or inmates that are, are older, as they start getting closer to getting out, we really make sure that they understand this is kind of the, what the world is like now. Um, we show them how they can use an iPhone, how they can use that to go out to look for work, how they can communicate with their family and friends. Um, and again, that's where our volunteers and some of our support staff really help out. Mm -hmm. Because if they see an issue with uh, older inmates that are having a tough time transitioning back out into the, into the workforce or just into the community, mm -hmm. um, and parole and probation really helps out with us a lot as well, parole and probation will tell us things that they're noticing. And if they see an issue, and for instance, a lot of these guys don't know how to use a, a cell phone or an iPhone, what can we do while they're in prison to make sure that they understand how to work those kind of things? We'll find ways to get programs and volunteers in there to help them with that. Uh, how, how about even at a more basic level, Scott? What about geriatrics that have mental health issues or physical health issues? Nutrition is a big issue when it comes to seniors. I remember as my parents grew older, they, they became less careful on what they ate and that even that they ate and they just lost control of their whole well-being. They didn't have anybody really to boost them 
what happens in the prison world when geriatrics have issues with their diet and their... That's a great question. And what we try to do at Nevada Department of Corrections is we try to make sure that um, our food is as healthy as we possibly can make it. Um, years ago, you know, the food was not that, not that good. It certainly wasn't very healthy. It had a lot of starch, a lot of sugars in it. Um, so we've really made an effort over the last five, ten years to improve the type of food that inmates can eat to make sure that there's more fruits and vegetables, that the mm -hmm. meat is healthier meats like chicken and fish, um, to try to take care of the, the diet part of inmates while they're incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to medical, um, you know, we have a dedicated medical staff. We have doctors, nurses, dentists, all sorts of people that take care of the, of the medical issues of our inmates. Um, and then we also have to ensure that inmates that are eligible for things like Medicare and Medicaid, that we can try to get those dollars to help, help them or help us give them the best quality care that we can. Um, here in Northern Nevada, we have Northern Nevada Correctional Center in Carson City, and that prison is specifically geared towards our most fragile inmates. These are inmates that are in wheelchairs. These are inmates that are older and have much more health needs. Uh, maybe they're diabetic. Maybe they have problems with heart disease and different things. And so we try to uh, concentrate all of those fragile inmates at this one facility. That way it's easier than for us to get all of our medical staff to go there and to provide the best care that they possibly can. I love the way you call them, these individuals you're talking about, fragile, because they really are. And uh, regardless of the troubles that people have been in in their younger lives, I think people of all um, senior citizen age groups have a lot to offer to the world. And I value the wisdom of anybody that can live into their elder years and incarcerate um, um, people who are incarcerated, I feel the same way about them because they've certainly learned what not to do in their world, and maybe they can offer great insight to us. Sherry Hill, before we wrap up the show, if you have any final thoughts for our listeners or questions. I think just to pay attention to what Scott's saying out there at both levels, from the school district level and the PIO level, and certainly uh, I imagine in his perfect world is... Uh, he would only have to work at the school district, right? Right. Wouldn't need anybody in the uh, correctional world. So well, maybe that's something we can think about for the future. Well, As I said, just, I would hope know, that focus, someday. Focus on the kids. Yeah, someday yeah. we won't need a correctional system, hopefully. Mm -hmm. not At least not to the level that we have because our young people will be educated to live better lives and be better people for the others in our world. Scott, you're one of the most positive persons I know, and you work at uh, two, in, two entities that can create a lot of stress and strain, but you seem to handle it very well. I admire your energy, and I encourage you to uh, come back and talk to us again sometime. We always run out of time before we run out of things to chat about. Yep, I'd love to come back. Uh, being on your show is always great because you, you ask great questions, you get people uh, really educated and informed about what's happening out there. So if you wanted to have me back again, I'd certainly be happy to. Very good, we will definitely do that. I wanna thank you both for being here, and I also wanna thank our listeners and let you all know how grateful I am during this holiday season for all of the good things in my world and all the good messages that we get from our listeners and the people that come to visit us. Hi, I'm Scott Kelly, uh, Washoe County School Board trustee and the public information officer for the Nevada Department of Corrections. And I wanna wish uh, all of Northern Nevada a very happy holiday, and whether it's Christmas, whether it's Halloween, whether it's Kwanzaa or Hanukkah, have a great time with your family and friends and be safe out there. Very good, thank you very much. Sherry Hill. And I wanna wish everyone a peaceful You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com.